Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that harkens back to the days when Holmes meant Sherlock, not three friends hanging out on a street corner. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on the Tuesday before Father's Day here in the United States of America. Yeah. I know uh, Father's Day is celebrated on uh, on, on other days around the world. Um, in fact, I think uh, Father's Day is in the middle of July in the Caribbean, uh, in some islands. Anyway... Uh, it is the Tuesday before Father's Day on the Pipes Magazine radio show and on Pipe Parts. I'm going to do a little gift guide, a little reminder of things that you can get for a pipe smoker. So if you've got uh, people uh, people that might be uh, looking for gifts for you, you know, pop the earbuds out, turn this up real loud and let them hear it. And in fact, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to talk about. In fact, all of it, none of it is age restricted. So... Even the youngsters can buy you something. And then my guest tonight is Nathan Davis, or somebody that most of you may know as Crash the Gray. We'll talk to him about his uh, love of K-Woodies and his new uh, K-Woody website. And then uh, music, mailbag, and a rant. And I'll warn you right now at the beginning here, I'm going to get political on the rant. So if you don't want to get political, you know what? When you hear the rant music, just stop. And then fast forward a couple minutes, and then you'll hear the end of the show. Uh, if you want to get political with me, come on, let's go. I'm ready. Um, and then uh, update: uh, daughter has moved from the uh, from one hotel where she was staying with a group of college kids to now she is in a hotel by herself. Uh, well, she's in a hotel on her own and is on the internship portion of the trip and is in Seoul, South Korea, navigating the streets by herself and working with a, uh, urban planning, uh, or urban development department of the government of Seoul on a, uh, urban, an urban park there. It was once a... Uh, it was once a highway that was then removed and elevated, and the lower part was turned into an urban park. So that's what she's doing. So far, all is well. Uh, haven't had any problems. No weird calls in the middle of the day, because that would be the middle of the night, her time. All right, and uh, just in case you notice, uh, yeah, something got in my throat. I've got some sort of bug that I've been fighting, and you know what? It is what it is. Uh, apparently I was hanging out with some dirty people and, you know, by Friday, Saturday, my throat was all, uh, gravelly like this. So doing my best. Anyway, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869.
And we are back in uh, the middle of what used to be called, remember when it was called dads and grads season? Um, yeah, Father's Day, graduations. Well, now I guess most graduations are done by, uh, you know, the first week of June. But this is uh, dads and grads season and also wedding season. Um, used to sell a lot of bachelor or a lot of uh, groomsmen's gifts for uh, uh, cigar cutters and cigar cases and stuff like that. Anyway, for us pipe smokers, so a couple of gifts. First of all, you know, don't buy your don't buy your pipe smoker in your life. Don't buy them just another pipe or just another tobacco, unless you really know what they want. If they want something really special. Then you go out and you get them the something really special, but you've got to know exactly what it is. Uh, these gift ideas are all new items, you know, things that have all come out recently that would fit any pipe smoker. So again, if you're a pipe smoker, if the uh, if the dad in your life that smokes a pipe uh, happens to like to read, uh, M.J. Downing. Uh, <laughs> The uh, the book is Sherlock Holmes and the Case of the Undead Client. And again, we had him on, oh, good Lord, six months ago. Um, it's Sherlock Holmes and the Case of the Undead Client being book one of the unpublished case files of John H. Watson, M.D. It's available in paperback and Kindle, downloadable. It's on iTunes right now. Uh, are on Amazon right now. The paperback is ten ninety nine, and with uh, Prime, you get free shipping, and you'll get it by Friday. So, uh, again, and, and it's got uh, you know, it's a Sherlock Holmes novel, and how many of those come out? And it's written by a pipe smoker. So, <laughs> there you go. That's a perfect gift, especially if they like to read. You can just get them the get them the Kindle. I like you know when I read a book. I still would. I still want the actual book. I don't want to be plugged in anything. Uh, Father the Flame, which we talked about last week. Father the Flame, the movie is out. It's available on uh, download on Amazon, Google Play, Voodoo, Fandango now. Uh, it's also available for DVD pre-orders, which will be shipping the middle of this month. And the DVDs I think are sixteen ninety nine. And again, I've watched it three times now. And each time I watched it, I saw something completely different. So uh, there's you know, a ton of stuff in there. And it shows, uh, you know, it's kind of nice. I, I, I watched it again after, uh, after last week's radio show. And I forgot to mention that, you know, there's some people in there that have uh, passed away that it's nice to see them and some old friends. So... Uh, uh, glad they got those times to visit with, uh, yeah, with with those folks that are not with us anymore, and we get to see them on this movie. Uh, again, a perfect gift for any pipe smoker. Uh, the DVD won't get there in time for Father's Day, but still, you know, pre-order it, give them the receipt, and it'll show up eventually for them. Also in the realm of books, uh, Mark Irwin, uh, the the Peterson. The Peterson Pipe, the story of Captain Peterson. The um, Mark Irwin, Gary Momberg book is available on smokingpipes.com right now for 60 bucks. And I know with their shipping, you can definitely get it in time for Father's Day. I've seen it in person. It is a beautiful book. It's not just a great book for 
for Peterson pipe collectors. It's a great book for any pipe collector, anybody that's interested in seeing the history and the timeline of the modern briar pipe, because this goes all the way back to 1865. And uh, Gary and Mark did a ton of research and in many cases, they have become the historians of Peterson much more than some of the people that have worked at Peterson for as long as they have. Uh, lots of great pictures. Again, it's a it's this is not a carry around in your back pocket book. It's a coffee table book with uh, photographs, illustrations, and absolutely gorgeous. And that's the you know the sixty dollar price tag. So uh, the other book that just came out is. Uh, <laughs> this is the special edition release for the 90th anniversary of the original About Smoke, an encyclopedia of smoking. And uh, this, you know, originally came out by Alfred Dunhill in 1928, and it's got it's been a little bit refreshed. Uh, but again, I I own the fourth version of it, the fourth edition. And there's a lot of stuff in there that is really cool to read back and see what was going on. Uh, so those books, Father the Flame, all great gift ideas. A uh, couple other ideas, and I've been, and you'll hear you'll hear Nathan talk about it coming up. Uh, pipe smokers are getting more and more into tea, and in fact, I've got a guest coming up that is a tea expert and owns a tea company. So we'll talk. Yeah, you'll have that to look forward to. Um, but tea and coffee always makes great gifts, especially when you have a sore throat. Tea is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, tea and coffee, and you don't have to be over 21 to purchase it. Uh, the other thing that pipe smokers like is uh, bags to carry their pipes. And although it's not traditionally a pipe bag, but what I carry is a messenger bag made by Coach, Coach Leather Goods. And in addition to my wallet and a couple other little things, I can easily carry around two tins of tobacco, two pipes, and some pipe cleaners. And then I keep my tamper and my lighters in my front pocket. And I'm good to go with them everywhere. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't look like a suitcase. Again, it's just a small, comfortable daily messenger bag. So there you go. There's some uh, ideas for you for Father's Day. Uh, let me know what you got. Let me know what you got for Father's Day. I'm going to rest my throat for a little bit while we have uh, Nathan Davis in just a moment. This is Internet Radio. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. 
we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is uh, somebody who many of you from Pipes Magazine may recognize from the forums or from his posts on uh, posts and comments on the Pipes Magazine radio show. But uh, uh, most of you may know him as Crash the Gray. But uh, Nathan Davis, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you very much, Brian. It's great to be here. Yeah, so it's kind of fun to have somebody who's been on the show and listened to a lot of the shows. Um, But just for those of us that don't know you, let's get to know you. Where did you grow up and when did you start smoking a pipe? So I grew up in the middle of nowhere in New York. Um, I started out in Lawrence, tiny little town, um, an hour and a half outside of Albany or so. And... uh, just a little farm town, had the same teachers as my father, and most of my teachers went to school with my grandfather. <laughs> um, yeah, so I left left there to go to college, wound up in Schenectady, New York, um, and picked up a pipe very occasionally um, in my early 20s, um, but it wasn't very serious, and it was about five years ago when I decided um, to try to kick some of the cigarette habit and switch more to a pipe. And that's when I started buying real pipes and delving into good tobacco. Did you have somebody in your family that smoked a pipe? Not that they really talked about. Um, some grandparents did here and there, but it was never never common or public knowledge <clears throat> and not something that they continued with very often. And a lot, a lot of people don't realize, but upstate New York, or you know, the the part of the state that's not New York City, there's a lot of farming up there. I mean, there's a lot of dairy, there's a lot of uh, a lot of agriculture. What were what were you guys growing or raising or doing? Um, when I was really young, we mostly hunted and raised vegetables. Um, but nowadays, I'm in Cobleskill, and I raise my own. Uh, well, my wife and I both really raise goats, chickens, ducks, turkeys, rabbits. Um, she does most of the real farming part of it, and I do just the weekend butchering part of it. <laughs> Honey, come over here and get the feathers off this sucker. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the reason they call New York City the Big Apple is because there's a lot of apples grown in New York. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my entire property is lined in apple trees. <laughs> you get tired of apple pie and apple cider and apples? Yep, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Real quickly, when we lived up there, we went apple picking one year. Uh, the year that we lived up there, we went apple picking, and we didn't realize <laughs> you, you got to eat them eventually, and you had apple. we had apples all over the place. I mean, it was just miserable. Um, yeah, you, you run out of things to make with it. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so your so your first pipe a long time ago was uh, probably not a real memorable event, but did when you 5 years ago when you started smoking a, a regular pipe, do you remember which one you got and where you got it from? Yeah, I actually uh, cuz I had nothing but garbage before that. So when I decided to take it seriously, I went to Habana Premium in Albany. <clears throat> And still picked up an Italian basket pipe just because I wasn't sure I was going to stick with it. And some of the hearth and home blends um, kind of got into the English blends at that point and um, picked up a few more basket pipes before I realized it wasn't working. And that's when I found 
nice, affordable, vintage K. Woody was on eBay and started what became quite the collection. Yeah, so that's the that's the other thing that we got to talk about because the website is uh, Gray Woody G R E Y W O O D I E, and you just recently launched it. Am, am I right? Please tell me I'm right. <laughs> Absolutely, just a few weeks ago, really. Okay, good. So I'm right. So yes. <laughs> so you you fell in love with K Woodies. What was it about? What was it about K Woody that just kind of caught you? Um, the, the classic shaping was a big part of it. I mean, they just, for an American made pipe that screamed of the classic English shapes and the, the stinger was nice when I was getting started. Um, it teaches you to slow down a little bit. It really helped me learn how to smoke a pipe by sipping. Um, so initially I loved the stingers. Um, but the, the, solid shaping was just fantastic and the affordability i mean there were times where kwoodies were completely overlooked and it was easy to get unsmoked ones for ten dollars on ebay and break them in yourself and some of those were from the 1930s 1940s um so it was just hard to pass up a deal like that and that's back when kwoody was more expensive than dunhill yeah yep they started out more expensive and somewhere down the line, somebody somebody passed somebody else. Um, but all right, let's go back to you again. Did you eventually kick the cigarettes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody <clears throat> still occasionally does something. So I mean, the right nut, I might still have some, but I'm primarily solidly a pipe smoker these days. And, and living up on the land that you live on, there's got to be a lot of. Uh, really nice places to sit and smoke or go walk out there and smoke. And then if you're butchering stuff, you can smoke your own meat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I have uh, dedicated farm pipes that I don't have to worry about getting bloody or dirty. <laughs> and, and I, I would assume that those are uh, not your pride and joy collectibles. No, they're mostly cables that the stingers were cut out of before I got them. All right, since you since you know more about K-Woodies, why why the stinger in the first place? What was its first purpose? Its first purpose was a condenser um, to basically catch the moisture before it went up the shank. And a couple of different companies had something like it. Um, I didn't really get the stinger until I got some pre nineteen thirties K-Woodies. The original little stinger on there was a large ball, and I'm not talking about the, the four-hole large ball that people collect. Um, in 19, late 1920s, it was a really large ball that completely filled the shank. So those four little holes in the ball actually were the only way the air came through at all, and it truly condensed and caught all of that moisture and let it soak up in the shank, kind of like a, the Peterson system or something like that as well. <clears throat> So they changed and the then, size of the bowl of the ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, later, as the as the ball shrank, it just kind of became you know a memory of what it was supposed to do, and it, it became more of a novelty than a purposeful device. So a lot of people just cut it off instead of trying to pull it out of the tenon. 
Yeah, the synchro stem that they patented was was a screw-in tenon, so you had to cut the end of the ball off, otherwise it would no longer go in, or get a pipe maker to um, round that down and basically make you a new tenon. <laughs> so there's some modified K Woodies out there right now. Yep, yep. I've actually had a couple done just to see how it would affect you know, if there was something wrong with the stinger, um, or if it corroded over time, I've had them redrilled and just to get an idea of if that nineteen thirties briar made a difference. Um and the answer was yes. It's still a fantastic smoking pipe even once you alter the, the dynamics of it. So are there break down the break down the eras of K Woody for us. So K. Woody was first used in commerce. Um, it was basically meant to be a line of pipe by KBB. Um, it was introduced February 18th, 1919, um, is when they got the trademark and their first use in commerce. That's when it had the traditional push tenon, but with this big singer um, inserted into it. So you could take it out at that point. Um, and then in the 30s, they switched to... The, the stinger that we're most familiar with, it was still a four-hole larger ball, but it didn't fill the shank. And that's the synchro stem came, and it started being a, a screw-in tenon. Um, and you'll always see that little line of silver on the end of the shank, and that was the fitment for the tenon to screw into. Yep. Um, during the 40s, uh, the shortage during the war caused some changes in the metal, and then the ball keeps shrinking through the 50s and 60s. Um, and then the numbering system was four digits during the 30s and then dropped down to a two-digit system in the 40s. And in the 1970s, switched to a three-digit system, and that's when they opened a separate factory and the Medico and K. Woody were being made together. Um, and then in the 80s, all the numbers got dropped and um, some of them were, were made overseas. Um, some of them were outsourced. And then the late 90s, early 2000s is when everything kind of got brought back into the house and they're all made right in New Windsor, New York um, to this day after that. So we're going to take a break right here because I'm going to think about consistently shrinking balls as as time goes on. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to get collector's advice and expertise from Nathan. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, the artist formerly known as Crash the Gray, Nathan Davis of the GrayWoody.com website and uh, K Woody expert. And uh, I don't know, but I don't think I want to be around you on the weekends because I might get skinned. Um, 
might be a mess. Humans are pretty safe. Yeah. Um, so going back to you personally for a minute here, are, are you smoking your pipe all day long or is it something that you just kind of do when it's uh, break time? Oh, every chance I get. Um, not all day long, but at least a couple bowls a day. And has your uh, your personal tobacco taste kind of settled into a routine now? No, I don't think it ever will. I started on Englishes. I spent probably two years smoking nothing but McClellan Virginias. <clears throat> and nowadays, I went well, then I went through a weird burly phase where all I smoked was burly blends. So nowadays, I tend to rotate through different styles and have different pups for all my different crazy styles. Don't, don't tell me you're one of those guys that has dedicated pipes to certain blends. Um, a, a few, but not too many. <laughs> <laughs> That's more uh, stylistically dedicated. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So the uh, the graywoody.com website, why why did you want to start it? What do you you, you want to, you know, like show off your collection and uh, and try to make a living off of it? Well, yeah, I mean, when I started collecting K. Woodies, I was fortunate enough to find out about the the Northeast Slow Smoke Competition, um, which is a holiday party for the Hudson Valley Pipe Club, um, but was kind of the K. Woody holiday party. Yeah. Um, so it's a small, small pipe show, celebration, dinner party um, with a slow smoke built into it. That's how I got done slow smoke competitions, but also I got to meet Bill, the president of SM Frank, which is the company that owns Medico, Yellow Bowl, and of course, K. Woody. Yep. As I got to know him, I started buying new K. Woody's from him at shows, and then I'd go home and go, wow, I need another super grain, and there really wasn't anywhere to find them. Um, and as I met more collectors... 50% of them don't realize Bill still makes those pipes. And, um, well, 50% don't realize that K. Woody still makes pipes. And another, you know, 80% don't realize that there's a man behind the mystery. Um, so I wanted to buy pipes and I couldn't. So I figured if I wanted them, other guys were asking about them. Um, maybe it was time to make them available to the public again, um, not in small brick and mortars and, and retailers, but to try to try to launch this a little more globally again. So I, I love Bill Fierbach to death. He's given me one of my favorite pieces of my Disney, uh, my Disney tobacco collection. Cause I have the original purchase orders from Disneyland to SM Frank for K Woody's yellow bowls and medicos. And then I have his, invoices back to them for it so i have proof fantastic i have proof that those anti-smoking mouse bastards actually purchased tobacco products i have paperwork it's proof um anyway i'm ranting there sorry (laughs) back to me um but uh but bill's bill's so busy making pipes and running the factory that he's probably not the best marketer ever right so it's nice to see that somebody's going to, you're going to carry the full line of new K Woody's as well as if I understand it, are you going to bring out, you know, re- restore and bring out some of the vintage stuff? Yeah, currently I only have new ones listed, but I'm getting so many requests a day to move into the estate market. And as much as I know the pipes and their histories, 
I, I'm sure it's going to happen. It's just a matter of biting off what I can chew. I'm launching a new company and trying to run that full time is a lot of work. So I need to I need to piecemeal it. Um, but the estate stuff, I'm I'm certain is going to have to be added to Gray William. All right, then we need your advice. Um, if I'm a uh, so say I'm a pipe smoker, which I am, and I want to get a K Woody but I want to get one of the new ones. I don't want to deal with, you know, tracking down a collectible or a vintage one. Um, which one are you going to kind of point me towards and, and why? Um, the, the first recommendation I make is for the super grain. Um, it's really classic shaping. Um, they tend to be the medium sized, um, a couple small, a couple large, but they're kind of in the middle. Um, and they're called super grain just because it's the same block of briar you're going to get on the less expensive lines, but it has prettier grain. Um, it's a light stain. It's, it's just a pretty pipe to look at. It's how I got hooked initially on the new, um, on the new Kaywoodies was I picked up a super grain, uh, Lovat and man, that thing became my workhorse, my everyday I pushed it to its limits to see if it really lived up to a 1930s K Woody. And I was blown away by how well it smoked. And the more I abused it, it seemed the better it smoked. So I was really happy. <laughs> it's a $50 line. That's a great pipe to get started with. And where do the, where do the K Woody's kind of top out? Cause doesn't bill also do a full handmade line. Yeah. Um, now, the beauty of Bill having made pipes for 30 years is he is the master of efficiency. So even his handmade line only usually runs from 125 to about $250. Um, and it's hard to beat an American-made handmade at that price. <laughs> yeah, and what, what kind of stem material is he using at, at that price? He prefers acrylic on those. Um, I'm a vulcanite guy because I'm a clencher, which is why I tend to prefer the standard lines on most of my pipes. Um, but he puts acrylic on most of those um, just because to him that's that's what goes on that price line. <laughs> and are the are the standard lines more of a more of a vulcanite or an ebonite? Yep. Um, every one of the standard lines is typically vulcanite. Um, and for a clencher like me, I just find it softer and easier to deal with. I don't, I, I mean, I have a super grain that, that low vat that was destroyed and I've never buffed it. And it's still, as long as you wipe it with your shirt, when you're done, I never have major oxidation on it. Really? So if I send it, if I smoke my pipes and then send them to you afterwards to wipe them with your shirt, they'll be perfectly good. <laughs> it's worked for me so far. I don't mind. Yeah, no, no, no. As long as you keep the slobber off of them and keep them out of the sunlight, they should be, you know, they should last for a long time, as, especially if they've started off with a good coat of wax on them. Yeah, exactly. Are there, let's go back into the vintage stuff. Uh, if I want to start collecting or I just, maybe I just want one kind of classic K Woody in my, in my collection because I'm an American uh, where do you want to, where do you want to point me? Yeah. To get the most collectible and the best smoking, you're going to be looking at an intact stinger that has four holes in the ball. Um, larger ball or smaller ball doesn't matter as long as it has that X shape, the four holes and a four digit number on it. Um, any of the lines that came out then were 
superior quality to most pipes um, and really easy to identify because of that simple system. Anything, uh, anything that I should stay away from buying when I see it? Um, because of the questionable time frame, I don't, I personally don't like most of the pipes that were made in the other factory in the seventies. So I usually steer clear of the, the three digit numbers. Um, if it's a zero before the three, if it's like zero two two, um, the zero indicates tuck away. It's just the military mounts them. Um, so those are fine, but anything that begins with one through nine as a three digit tends to be the the other factory pipes that I'm not a big fan of. What is the tuck? You said tuck away. I, so was that made for the military so that they could just break the pipe down, put it in their pocket real quick? Yep. It's, it's exactly that. It's the traditional military mount metal on the end and a really uh, tapered stem that pops in and out. Do you see many tuckaways still out there? You know, it was funny. I was hunting for one for a couple of years and I just couldn't find one that wasn't burned out or beat up and looked terrible. And I, I spotted one and it, the guy just kept asking way too much money for it. And then I got three at this year's New York pipe show in Newark from a friend of mine on Briar Nation, Terry Carpenter gifted me three tuckaways together. And it was one of the most amazing <laughs> gifts. <laughs> Yeah, so Bill's given me one of my favorite things, and you got Terry that just walks up with three things that you can't find, that, that you couldn't find before. Yep, it was wonderful. <laughs> uh, what What is the, uh, what's the white whale or the holy grail or the unicorn that you're looking for now for your collection? My earliest K. Woody is a 1927 with the large ball shank filling stinger. Um, I am trying to get my hands on anything from 1919, 1920, um, just so I can have one of the first ones made with the K Woody name on it. So if somebody out there listening has one and wants it to go to a home where it'll be highly respected, they can go to your website and contact you through there. Um, yep. What's, uh, and again, what if, you know, is, are there lines of pipes that are better than others, or is it just purely the time periods that you like better than others? Um, the super grains are always good, even back then. Um, flame grains. Um, yeah, most most of it is time frame, but then within that, it's it's really that there's an upper echelon of them, and it's the super grain, flame grain standard, basically. And one of my favorites that they did, if I remember correctly, was they did a university model just for yep. just, just for college campuses. Imagine trying to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the campus line is still produced. It's the last modern K. Woody with a stinger in it. Um, so that's one of the things. Is around eight years ago, Bill started... Um, phasing out the stinger just because modern pipe smokers really aren't interested in it. Yeah. So to capture the full market, that's been phased out. But the campus is a tiny little pocket pipe meant for that 15 minute break across campus. So because it's a different size uh, stinger, um, those are still produced with the stinger in them and the screw and tenon, but that's the only line that still has it. 
And, and if I remember right, K. Woody was one of those companies that would do pipes for graduating classes and do pipes for uh, for fraternities and and uh, social clubs. So you can you can find them with all kinds of markings on them for different things that you'd look at it and go, you can't do that nowadays. Yep. Um, at the Chicago Pipe Show, I actually came across a guy with a Yale class of 1922 KBB. <laughs> Unfortunately, it has a huge crack in the bowl. Otherwise, that thing would have been a great collector piece. Well, you glue the crack together and then you just look at it and don't worry about oh, it. Oh, yeah. As anybody a pipe. with a tie. Yep. Anybody with a tie to the school of the year, it's still worth buying up. <laughs> yeah. Um, going back to you again, what else is in your personal collection? Um. As far as K Woody is besides K Woody. Besides K Woody, what else what else do you like? I well, A, I, I do make pipes. Um if if you look around you'll find, especially on my Instagram, um, I make NPA pipes, just some handmade pipes, but that's really a hobby. Um but I learned under Heisenberg pipes, Jim Brown. Oh, I'm sorry. So I have <laughs> Jim, Jim my neighbor of, yep yep yeah you guys are in the aromatic farts together and all that fun yep um, I have quite a few Heisenberg pipes that are treasured I have from his very early days before I knew him personally and then uh, pipes right through his career so far and they have gotten phenomenal um, I have quite a few Tim Thorpes. He's also a good friend of mine and somebody I talked to a lot when I was getting started. Um, he doesn't make so many pipes anymore, but I have a nice collection of his. Um, so you're one of the few. A, you're one of the few pipe pipe smokers that turned into a pipe maker. That's now also becoming a pipe retailer. Yeah, yeah. Not the transition I expected, but it's something that kept calling to me. I spent. I spent 13 years in the intellectual property field, writing patents for giant companies, pharmaceutical and computer companies. And I hit a point where, well, we moved back out to the country here to get away from Albany and all of that noise. And I realized that my family was enjoying the time in the country and I wasn't, and I was spending two hours a day in the car and, it just kind of occurred to me that maybe I could I could make a go at it and get these K-Woodies out to people and smoke my pipe more and sit out in the grass and look at the goats more. Well, and even more importantly, with K-Woody putting the history out there and making these pipes, you know, readily available again and, and, and just, you know, I guess preaching the gospel of an American-made pipe company is, you know, it, it's something that we that we desperately needed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not only not only are they made in America and right here in New York, which is nice for me because it's a two-hour drive down to Bill's shop, and we get to sit down, have a pipe. I get to pick through inventory. Um, you know, we're friends as well as business acquaintances. But it's him making the pipes. People think it's this big no-name factory but it's it's bill and his father before him uh ran the company and then before they took over sm frank his grandfather and great-grandfather both worked for sm frank and made these plays too 
and it's a perfect job for you out in the middle of nowhere in between doing whatever your wife tells you to do. Exactly, which is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. And you've heard them all before, so are you ready? I am. What is your favorite pipe? My first modern-made K-Woody Super Grain Lovat. And what is your favorite tobacco? It's a toss-up between a few McClellans, but probably the red and black. Rest in peace. Uh, I know. What is your favorite drink? I am a tea connoisseur. My favorite tea is aged. Um, it's a Chinese compressed tea called Pur. Um, I drink high altitude, 15 plus year aged um, raw Pur's out of Yunnan province. You are the second person now that we've talked about tea recently, and both Americans, which shocked me. In <laughs> uh, the in. Uh, in particular, the Pu'er came up because I was gifted about an ounce of it one time and then went to look to buy it. And I was like, oh, my God, the price on that. I thought I was I thought I was buying cocaine by the ounce. Yep. Check out YunnanSourcing.com. Um, a buddy of mine, Scott Wilson, runs that and he sources everything himself. He lived in Yunnan province for 11 years and his wife is from there. So they have their own lines as well as vintage stuff they buy, and it's the best price and quality uh, balance that you can get, and he's super knowledgeable and helpful. Wow. All right, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? When I relax, it ends up being a book. I love music, but to relax, it's sitting down and reading, usually with a pipe. And finally, any uh, favorite pipe smoking related memory that we didn't talk about? Yeah, my my best memory is not that long ago in Chicago, actually, when you and Mike McNeil walked into the smoking tent and I expected a brief, polite hello and wound up spending the next, I don't know, two hours discussing the end of McClelland and <laughs> kind of what I was doing. And it was, it was a magical moment. <laughs> Discussing or you stood there and listened? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of listening, but it was the best listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could do more story times with Mike McNeil, but um, that would just take up forever. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Nathan, thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening to the show all these years. Good luck with what you're doing. Everybody, again, the website is graywoody, G-R-E-Y-W-O-O-D-I-E.com. Check it out. Let's help them get it started in a, uh, in a big fashion, shall we say. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And we'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes. 
and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And through a miracle of science, my throat didn't hurt and my voice sounded great when I was talking to Nathan. And now it's back. Um, anyway, that was recorded a couple weeks ago. Do check out uh, Nathan's website. And for music this week, we're going back to uh, Joseph Spence, who I think we played once before. He's a uh, Bahamian... Uh, was a Bahamian guitarist and more in the gospel and kind of blues sound. Smoked a pipe, had a lot of pictures with him and his pipe. And uh, this one is called uh, Conk Ain't Got No Bone. That's uh, C-O-N-C-H, Conk, the, uh, the, the mollusk that lives in a big shell. And uh, the shells are absolutely beautiful. Ain't Got No Bone. Get out of party, sun five venter. I demand a drunk and you might not complete than a Hey, got 
Mosquito flying, high mosquito flying, low mosquito, well, on you, mosquito wouldn't fly no more. I'm not sure what all he was saying there, but uh, it's true. Conk ain't got no bone because I've eaten conk in the Bahamas right out of the ocean. Uh, had a little conk salad right on the pier in, uh, in Nassau, and it was really good. Uh, no bones about it. And uh, Joseph Spence, it's J-O-S-E-P-H. Spence, check him out. You've got mail. And that is a perfect reminder. Uh, Toy Story 4 is coming out in a week or so. Two weeks? Week and a half? Yeah. Supposed to be a tearjerker. Um, anyway, uh, going back to last week's show with Adam. Uh, Dillagas writes, I enjoyed meeting Adam. He sounds like a nice, modest, and practical guy. I bet his pipes are well-engineered. In response to your question about seasonal preferences in smoking tobacco, I would have to say not usually, but if the weather is very hot and humid, I seem to be attracted to straight Virginias. And I, and I do enjoy my light English blends more when it's cold and rainy. Uh, one time I tried to smoke Dunhill early morning pipe on a beach in Thailand when the weather seemed like it was 100 degrees outside at 100% humidity. That may qualify as my worst pipe smoking experience. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, you know, and uh, going to and going to the dry desert with a uh, yeah, no, that wouldn't uh, uh, wouldn't work out for me either. Uh, Casey Ghost says enjoyable show as I have never liked either of the tobaccos Bayou Morning or Bayou Morning Flake. It's not an issue with me. Nice interview with Adam Bybee, a young and inexperienced pipe maker. He's got a long way to go. Maybe now that he's in Utah, him and Hector Weeb can hook up and combine their knowledge. As I write this, it is the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion. I frequently get very misty-eyed thinking about the heroism of those men and the ordeal they went through. We have weakened the meaning of the word heroes in our society so much, it is a shame. Uh, and I'll, I just want to go back and uh, talk about the Bayou Morning and Bayou Morning Flake. Um, I did try it afterwards in a much smaller bowl, like a group two, group three, and I did get that knot in my stomach. Uh, it it kind of knotted me up pretty good. So uh, I think when I was doing the taste testing, I was in my standard, you know, group four or bigger and just didn't quite get that, you know, that punch that I was looking for. And a couple of things uh, coming up for me. Um, one, this Saturday, we are driving down to Florida, going down to Walt Disney World. I am not staying at a Disney-owned hotel. That's my protest. And uh, we're going down there so that I can you know, see my son for Father's Day. And then my sister and her kids are coming in the day after, so we'll spend some time hanging out with them. I don't plan on spending too much time in the parks because you can't smoke in there. But we still have our annual passes. So admission is free, parking is free, and uh, we got a much uh, we got a hotel nearby, so we'll be good. Uh, the hotel supposedly has an outdoor smoking area, so I will be able to uh, yeah be able to tell you all about that. Uh, if you are planning on going to Disney World or thinking about it, there are some deals that can be had. Just hook, uh, just email me Brian at mei travelcom and then I will uh, come home for a week, and then the week after that, or the Friday after that, 
Uh, I'm heading off to Las Vegas for the IPCPR, so I'll hopefully be recording some stuff out there for the show, posting some stuff live on uh, Facebook while I'm out there, and uh, you know, sitting and talking to people and seeing what's going on with the industry. Uh, although the show is primarily cigar-focused, uh, there is a lot of the uh, pipe manufacturers from Europe will be there, and it's a chance to see all the products set out in catalog form so that you get a chance to see everything. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what all's going on. Uh, it's been two years since I've been to the show and it's been probably, Oh, I don't know, 10 years since I've just been able to walk around the show floor and really get a feel for what's going on. Now, with that being said, with all the travel and the Tuesdays that are affected, the show won't change. I'll just record them way early for you. So you will have brand new shows every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And they're available for download everywhere afterwards and uh, no worries. And uh, just keep sharing out the Pipes Magazine radio show. Share it out with your friends and your family and all that stuff. And then on top of that, coming up, uh, in addition to the uh, normal pipe shows of the year, Briarworks is doing an event uh, that's the weekend of September 1st, I believe, um, in uh, Columbia, Tennessee. So uh, check on their website. And then, of course, I will be in Richmond at the Sutliff Tobacco Company and uh, Richmond Pipe Smokers Gathering. I'll be there. I'll be there recording stuff. Come by, hang out. Uh, if you want some advice on where to stay, reach out to me. Uh, you know, I can't book it for you because, like, well, I could, but you're not going to get the best prices. Um, but I can help you out with places to stay and things to do in the Richmond area. And again, comments or questions, post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. Follow me on Facebook. Follow the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. And we would really greatly appreciate reviews and ratings on iTunes. If you have, if you left a review a long time ago, go back in and give us a new one because sometimes they drop them off if you haven't been in there for years. So go back in there, give us a new one. We would appreciate it. All right, uh, I'm going to warn you, politically targeted rant coming up next. There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. I am not a fan of um, um, some of the things this current White House administration has done, including this most recent change to the travel to Cuba. Uh, now, here's what happened. Uh, back in April, we got rumor that the uh, United States State Department would cancel all travel to Cuba, blah, 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 blah. Last week, or uh, 10 days ago now, we got notification that it was being canceled effective immediately. That meant that every cruise ship, every form of travel had been canceled. And what they canceled was the uh, what's called the people-to-people -people exchanges. And the reason they did this 
was to punish the Cuban government by not allowing American money to come there and sightsee. All right, so they're going to punish the Cuban government. Why? Because they say that the Cuban government is supporting the uh, is supporting the uh, Venezuelan government and all those problems. I'm not going to get into that, but I am going to say that this current White House administration has now had two meetings with the dictator of Korea, a country where we were not at war with, but we were involved in a police action where thousands and thousands of Americans were killed. And in fact, there's no treaty. There is a truce, and we still have men standing on the DMZ guarding that. On top of that, he met the uh, he met the Korean the North Korean dictator in Vietnam, where we went to war and have now normalized relations. The only reason this White House did did this to uh, Cuba is because the previous administration had started to normalize relationships with Cuba. That's the only reason they did this. The only reason it's a petty backslap to the previous administration saying that we're not going to let you have your Cuba legacy anymore. In the meantime, the only people it really hurt was all those thousands and thousands of people that were, had already booked cruises. Most of them got their money back. The cruise lines have all been wonderful in allowing those people to rebook, get credits. So the cruise lines are the ones that are losing money on all this. And it's all just to get back at the previous administration. It's just petty little political bullshit. All right, there you go. That's enough for me. Uh, next week, I'll be at Walt Disney World. So if you see me walking around without my pipe, you'll know why. I'll be doing my own formal protests while I'm there. It'll be secret. Now, I'm going to be wearing as many pipe and tobacco-related T-shirts as I can while I'm there. Uh, hope you <laughs> follow me on Facebook, and maybe you'll see some pictures of me protesting uh hopefully i don't get arrested all right there you go uh thank you very much to nathan for joining me thank you all for tuning in and until next time who cares about the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny You are the leading asshole in the state.